This program is made possible by the members and donors to the show. For details, visit the membership tab at bestoftheleft.com. Now, welcome to the award-winning Best of the Left podcast with clips today from The Majority Report, The Young Turks, A Best of the Left Activism Update, The Rachel Maddow Show, The David Pakman Show, Jim Hightower, and comedian Lee Camp. And a note for our more sensitive listeners, this episode discusses the current state of our electoral system and therefore contains some pretty explicit profanity. Let's start off with a, uh, a clip of Noam Chomsky. Very interesting uh, interview that uh, he did uh, with Matt Filipovich up in Boston. And uh, here is Noam Chomsky on voting. It's not, it shouldn't come as a surprise, and maybe we'll uh, play, we can dig up that um, uh, interview that we did with him on the Majority Report back in 2004. Uh, you'll see that there hasn't been a tremendous amount of evolution uh, in his opinion on these things. Uh, but uh, here, here he is, um, uh, first voice you hear is Matt Filipovich, and then um, Noam Chomsky on uh, voting. I have to say, to a large extent, very much what I've said uh, on this program, uh, granted, as a, a political talk show host, um, I've spent more than five or ten minutes talking about this. Maybe not so much in terms of uh, the uh, deciding on um, on how this goes in terms of voting, and but and I don't know. We can break this down. Let's listen. Do you personally see? any value in activists and progressives focusing on national two-party politics and politicians? I think they should spend five or ten minutes on it, uh, seeing if there's a point in taking part in the carefully orchestrated uh, electoral extravaganza and my own judgment for what it's worth is yes, there's a point to taking a part. There's, there's taking part. There's a, between the two choices that are presented, there's, I think, some significant differences. And like if I was personally was in a swing state, I'd vote against Romney Ryan, which means voting f for Obama because there's no other choice. Uh, if I'm, I happen to be in a non-swing state, so I can either not vote or uh, vote, as I probably will, for Jill Stein, the Green candidate, in the hope that it might be a, the beginning of some genuine electoral alternative uh, over time. But the main concern, but it really should be 10 minutes. It's just a matter of deciding, should I spend this little amount of time doing something, which is not insignificant, but is not of great importance either. Uh, the main point is to try to keep working to change the society, the consciousness, uh, the culture, so that uh, we're not stuck with two uh, options, both well to the right of actually we're even where most of the population is on most issues, but uh, certainly where they ought to be. I mean, sir, there you have it. I, I mean, I think, um, I, you know, it's, I can't quite tell if he's saying that to spend five to ten minutes on it in making this determination as to whether or not it's uh, worth your time to uh, to vote, uh, or if it's um, just even thinking about the differences in in, in two parties. Um, you know, but either way, uh, the point remains is that. Um, you know, uh, I think his perspective on this is sensible. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. 
I, I have, uh, you know, it's, it's very easy for me to come up with the problems I have with Obama. It's much harder to sort of say, and this is what I'm going to do about it, that I know will be effective, or that I think will be effective. Silverman uh, made another fun video and this time she's talking about voter ID laws. So she talks about the voter ID laws in 12 different states and how they're now requiring people to have a photo ID in order to be able to vote. Well here are her thoughts on that. Let's watch. Hey black people, old people, poor people and students, guess what you all have in common? Lawmakers are trying to fuck you in your assholes. Because <laughs> there are these brand new, super fucked up laws which are presented as a way to prevent voter fraud but are in fact designed to make it hard for specific people to vote. You know, a lot of these laws require you to have a state-issued picture ID, like a driver's license. But more than 21 million Americans don't have driver's licenses. What about my social security card? I've been using it for 70 years. No photo, no voto. I'm on to your shenanigans, Murray Gershans, if that is your real name. So the great thing about Sarah Silverman is every time she starts out with such a sweet voice, I don't think she's going to say it. <laughs> and then she'll come out with like the most outrageous curses you've ever heard. And I'm like, yes! And if you watch the whole four-minute thing, it is both hilarious and actually really informative. I think she does a good job at informing, you know, younger people about what's going on with politics. Because look, people that are in high school or college might not necessarily watch CNN or conventional media in order to get information about politics, right? But that was hilarious. Who doesn't want to watch that? And that's a video that's going viral right now. And look, if you don't have the humor and you don't have the curse words, etc., then people are going to be less likely to watch it. Because I'm telling you right now, a lot of people are going to watch it and love it. And some of the old school folks are going to be like, well, I mean, the fucking asshole, that's, that's pretty out there. I don't know, right? Well, that's how you get people to watch and go, hey, you know what? I'm on a college campus like the one she talked about in Tennessee. Maybe I'm not allowed to vote. Maybe I should go check in on that. Mission accomplished. Exactly. Well, her kind of comedy, that kind of, it makes, it kind of gives me an extra thrill to know that there's lots of people hating it at the same time for the wrong reason. Like, oh, that offends me, so I don't like it. I'm like, oh, that makes me happy that other people don't like it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, because that's a, you know what? If you don't like it, why don't you suck? Yeah. <laughs> yes. like, like, that's exactly yeah. what Sarah would say. Yes. Sometimes it's better to judge a man not by the uh, friends he's made, but by the enemies he keeps. You 
be standing up for the equal rights of the American people And you'll be meeting all the influential seekers with a similar dream You got a front seat saved that's ablaze with your name And a superhero cape on See the future is a sky full of possibilities With a spine, a mind, and a psychic ability You probably won't die the hand of an enemy And not in the den of inequity You're not the average Joe, you're not the average Jane You're not above or below, but you never just claim You never take no personally And any time you get stopped, you try another way Could be settled for a kiss without a cease and desist If they ask, people tell, cause we're activists I am that I am, and you are that you are what all that is How P-E-R-F-E-C-T You're A-T-T-I-T-U-D-E-B Welcome to the Best of the Left Activism Update. My name is Lauren, and I'm the Activism Czar at bestoftheleft.com. As preparation ramps up in anticipation of next month's presidential election, voter ID law debates have now replaced much talk about actual party platforms. Five separate states have asked the Supreme Court to repeal the Voting Rights Act of 1965, a monumental achievement for the civil rights movement. All across the country, conservatives are making it harder and harder for people to vote. In addition to African Americans, students, the elderly, and lower classes are all being affected. Republicans know these demographics greatly favor Democratic support, and they will stop at nothing to enact their sneaky election tactics, even if it means disenfranchising millions. When the laws are not on their side, they simply make the effort to have them changed. Therefore, actress and comedian Sarah Silverman, who is known for telling it like it is, has decided to make a difference. Over the years, her hilarious yet informative video campaigns, such as 2008's The Great Schlepp, have gone viral by tapping into and reawakening an apathetic electorate who may not be aware about this dirty conservative strategy. Now, in her most recent campaign, she hopes to promote awareness about these confusing new voter ID laws while attempting to produce a strong voter turnout, especially in important swing states. At LetMyPeopleVote2012.com, you can watch Sarah's latest video, learn about each state's voter ID requirements, and determine for yourself, state by state, if you are registered to vote. So please go to LetMyPeopleVote2012.com, a nonpartisan site, to become more engaged and learn more about what you can do to help. Let's help take back control of our right to vote. Who you vote for may be rooted in partisanship, but... After what our ancestors have gone through, the act of voting itself should never be. This has been a Best of the Left activism update. For more information about the link in this segment, please consult the show notes at bestoftheleft.com. Likewise, if you yourself have an activist call to action you want featured on the show, please contact me directly at lauren at bestoftheleft.com. Here at Best of the Left, supporting the good works of others is our entire reason for existence. Since the beginning of 2006, I've been making this show to highlight what I consider to be some of the best of the truly liberal media. Now I'm working on several ways to promote the best progressive activism around. Ruminate for a moment on whether you enjoy this show or consider its goals to be worthwhile, and if you do, please consider supporting this work by becoming a member for as little as $5 a month or even $55 a year at the membership tab at bestoftheleft.com. It's the donations of members that allow the show to continue and continue to improve. Thanks so much for your support. Today, the Republican Party announced that in five of the nine or so swing states in the presidential race this year, in the five states that you see marked here with an X on this map, the Republican Party is stopping its voter registration efforts. 
the Republican Party has suddenly and totally, as of October 1st, given up on trying to register new voters in Nevada and Colorado and Virginia and North Carolina and Florida. Each of those states is very much in play this year. Each of them could be critical to winning the presidency. And the Republican Party has announced that in these five key swing states, they are going to stop registering new voters. Here are the voter registration deadlines for those states. And typically what this would mean is between now and the last minute of the last hour on the last date that you see on the screen for each of those states, the parties would be in a full-out sprint to maximize the number of voters they are registering. They would be expecting that with each passing day, they would be registering more and more and more voters. Because obviously, as you get closer and closer to the election, more people who haven't been paying attention previously are starting to pay attention. The closer you get to election day, the closer you get to the end, the more enthusiasm there tends to be. The more people who didn't think they were interested start to get interested. And so you need to be gunning it right until the finish line in terms of registering voters. That's how it works, right? It's a crescendo. But again, the Republican Party announced today that they will no longer even be trying to register voters in those five states, in five of the nine or so states where this presidential election is going to be decided. This is a remarkable development. Uh, the reason that Republicans have stopped registering voters in these states uh, is that the company that had been hired to do the work of voter registration by the Republican Party is a company called Strategic Allied Consulting. The Republican Party chose this company as their voter registration vendor. They were going to pay that company to do all of that work for them in these five swing states. The RNC nationally picked that company and directed the state parties in those five states to use them for this work. The executive director of the, National, uh, of the North Carolina Republican Party says his state chapter had hired the company on the recommendation of the RNC. He said, quote, these are good people running the RNC, and I have a lot of confidence in them. In Swing State Nevada, the National Party paid the company directly. Uh, in the four other states, the National Party gave the states money for the purpose of hiring the company so the states would not have to worry about voter registration. This company would do the whole thing. The National Party told the states to hire the company, gave the states the money to do it. Right? So th that, the, 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 this company, the good people at the Republican National Headquarters, they had it under control. Well, now the Republican Party has fired that company. And there is no Republican Plan B for registering voters in these five swing states because that one company was the only company, the Republican Party's only plan for voter registration. And that is all the more remarkable because the Republican Party knew when they decided to put all of their eggs in this basket that this was a relatively troubled basket to be putting its eggs in. Uh, the company exists as strategic allied consulting because the Republican Party told the lead political consultant who runs the company that he was going to need to come up with a new corporate name. Because under his old corporate names, under the old company names in which he had been doing this work, he had gotten too much bad press over the way he had handled voter registrations. Quote, in order to be able to do the jobs that the state parties were hiring us to do, the RNC asked us to do it with a different company's name, so as not to be a distraction from the false information put out in the Internet. The reason there is stuff in the Internet about this company that needed to be covered up by a change in name is because of claims from a previous election where the Republican Party had hired them. In 2004, this same consultant's company was accused of destroying hundreds, if not thousands, of voter registration forms where the hopeful wannabe new voter signed up as a Democrat. The company was accused of doing the same kind of thing in Oregon, either ignoring voters who said they wanted to sign up as Democrats or completing their forms and trashing them later. 
In Minnesota, the company was said to have fired canvassers who came back with forms for new Democratic voters and to have given a bonus to anyone who got a registration from undecided voters or from voters that year who said they were going for George Bush or Ralph Nader. Neither the firm nor the consultant ever faced criminal charges after those elections. But this year, when the Republican Party realized it wanted to hire them again, the Republican Party did have the good sense to at least ask the guy to change the name of his company before he took millions of Republican dollars this year for voter registration. And now this same guy, he's a former executive director of the Arizona Republican Party, whose group was investigated over those allegations in 2004. Now his group, operating under a different name, as the sole vendor for voter registration efforts in five swing states for the Republican Party, now his group is suspected of more shenanigans. In Florida, the company turned in more than 100 suspect voter registration forms in Palm Beach County. They were suspect because they were missing obvious information or names were spelled one way and then signed another. The company blamed the problems on a single bad employee, a single bad apple in that one county. But then Florida election officials found registration forms that also looked fraudulent in nearly a dozen Florida counties. Worse, the Republican Party's trusted firm for voter registration appears to have misled voters in Colorado. You might have seen this video kicking around on the internet. This young woman signing up voters at a Colorado grocery store saying that she is working for the local county clerk and that she can only sign up Republicans. She does not appear to have been working for the local county clerk. She does appear to have been trying to sign up just Republicans. In Nevada, the firm is accused of tearing up the form of somebody who wanted to register as a Democrat. In a statement the person gave to the Secretary of State's office, they say they witnessed a man registering voters in Henderson and, quote, he told her she needed to fill out another form, and when she marked Democrat, he told her to rip it up and fill out another form and leave party affiliation blank. Our source was later able to fish out the form from the trash and gave us this picture. One employee of this firm in Florida uh, says that he was told to ask people who they supported, and if the answer was Mitt Romney, he was supposed to sign them up. If not, well, then not. In Virginia, after the Republican firm's canvassers were reported to be fishing for voters at local libraries, one county elections official felt compelled to remind everyone that the law says you cannot throw out voter registration forms just because you do not like the party registration of the voter. The reason it's illegal in lots of states, including Florida, to pay canvassers per registration is that it creates an incentive for that canvasser to make up fake registrations, to make up fake people that register to vote so they can get paid for those registrations. It is a form of fraud and it is a bad thing, but it doesn't necessarily affect any election outcomes because those are fake people who are being made up and registered. Those fake people don't exist in the real world, so they're not going to show up and vote. The actually worrying thing in voter registration fraud is if you, get, if you do get real people to fill out real voter registration forms and they therefore believe they are registered, and then because you don't like their party affiliation, you tear that up, and then that real person thinks they've registered, they show up on election day only to find out that they're not actually on the rolls and they're not going to be allowed to vote. After the reports in the past few days, the Republicans' firm is now under investigation in Florida and reportedly in Nevada and in North Carolina. And the collapse of the Republicans' voter registration scheme has resulted in the Republican Party ceasing all voter registration efforts in five of the swingiest swing states in the country with another week and a half left for them to be trying to register voters. They're not going to be able to do that. They have ended those efforts. Just a remarkable development.
Republican voter fraud has now been confirmed. We know that it's the Republicans who are saying we need to have all sorts of voter ID laws because it's those on the left who are committing the voter fraud. Well, it turns out it's not the case. The Republican Party has hired a fraudulent voter registration company to destroy the voter registrations of Democrats. This is unbelievable. The name of the company is Strategic Allied Consulting, okay? And it's the latest creation of a known con artist, Nathan Spruill. He's a longtime paid political consultant of Mitt Romney's. He is a longtime Republican operative, and he's a voter fraud expert. And the North Carolina Republican Party has now fired the shady voter registration firm that Spruill owns. It came as de uh, Democrats in North Carolina were on the brink of denouncing the Republican ties to this very, very shady firm, also joining Florida. No surprise, Lewis, in Florida that voter fraud is going on. Why is that? Well, it's funny. Republican Governor Rick Scott going through incredible lengths to suppress the votes of many legal American voters, and at the same time, it's the Republicans who are all caught up in the voter fraud. Yeah. I guess we shouldn't be surprised. It's projection. It's projecting on the other that which you are doing yourself, projecting on the left voter fraud when it is really the right that is engaged in voter suppression. Of course, and when Bush was running for his second term, remember all the chaos that happened in Florida there. Absolutely. Just, it never ends with Florida. This is a company that has been accused of destroying Democratic voter registration forms as well as changing information on those forms in election after election, state after state, year after year. And this was, uh, Spruill was hired for similar operations for Bush-Cheney in 04 as producer Louis Motomedy mentioned, by McCain-Palin in 2008, and by Mitt Romney's campaign as of late 2011. Fascinating. Fascinating. On Wednesday, there was an interview done with the Palm Beach County Supervisor of Elections, Susan Boucher, and she described some of the, quote, similarities in the signatures and certain characteristics in the applications that were very disturbing on these applications that were being received uh, from Spruill's firm. We know the game, ladies and gentlemen. Let's accuse the left of doing this. Let's accuse the left of having the dogs vote and the illegal immigrants vote, which, of course, of course, illegal immigrants would vote for Democrats. And then let's actually hire multi-million dollar billing consulting firms to do the exact same thing for us. Incredible. Yeah. And you know what? It's not going to make major news. This should be a scandal. This should be all across the board. I mean, remember what happened when Pennsylvania House Republican Mike Terzai spoke about voter ID? If you don't remember what he said, this is what he said. Take a listen to this, Lewis. Voter ID, which is going to allow Governor Romney to win the state of Pennsylvania. Done. That's right. It's no secret. It's no secret, even though we hear from the right constantly that it's the left, that need, you need voter ID because all these people are going to show up and vote. For, they're other people. They're not citizens. They're voting for dead people. But then you've got a Republican on the record, a high-level Pennsylvania Republican in a contested state saying voter ID is why Mitt Romney is going to win. It's not going to be his tax plan. It's not going to be his... Uh, it has nothing it, to do with his policy. It has nothing to do with his policy. It's just voter ID, which is code for voter suppression. They're on the record, ladies and gentlemen. We shouldn't be surprised. Nope. And now this is what we're seeing. You've got to know about this stuff. It's incredible. People are going around there thinking it's, it's just an election. People don't.
As an anti-consumerism advocate, I'd like to encourage you to shop less, don't buy things you don't need, and only buy the necessities from local, independently owned businesses. That said, if you don't take this good advice, then at least there's a way to shop that helps support this show at the same time. Simply click through to Amazon.com, just one of the major companies under constant boycott by one liberal cause or another, from the banner posted at bestoftheleft.com. Better yet, click through just once and bookmark that link to use every time you shop. Your shopping experience will be identical to normal. It will cost you nothing extra, but 7 to 8% of the cost of your order in soulless corporate blood money will be siphoned off and used to tremendously support the production of this show. Thanks for doing the right thing, whatever you consider that to be. Shouldn't we be encouraging people to vote, including making the process much easier and accessible than it is now? After all, voting is a citizen's most basic act of democratic participation, and we're told by editorialists and school teachers that it's our civic duty. Yet Republican officials in many key states have been going all out to discourage voters from casting ballots. This is un-American. Well, that's exactly the problem, cried GOP politicos, feverishly warning that hordes of non-Americans are swarming into our polling places to pervert our elections with their illegal votes. Thus, say Republican partisans, we must preserve the sacred integrity of the ballot by conducting sweeping purges of voter lists, especially in democratic areas, and we must impose a new layer of authoritarian show-me-your-papers impediments on darker-skinned voters. For example, the GOP Secretary of State in Colorado excitedly asserted, Joe McCarthy style, that he had a list of 11,805 non-citizens who were on the state's voter rolls. To prove it, he targeted 3,900 of them, directly challenging their citizenship. The Colorado politico hoped to make a name for himself with this ugliness, but oops, he only made a fool of himself. It turns out that only 141 of his targets had any questionable status, and only 35 of those had ever voted. Even more embarrassing, his hit list of 35 illegal voters included eight people in Denver, but an independent check there found that all eight are citizens. This is Jim Hightower saying, meanwhile, in Pennsylvania, the Republican leader of the state house didn't even pretend that his effort to ram a voter ID requirement into law had a more noble purpose than raw partisan politics. The law, he gloated, is going to allow Governor Romney to win the state of Pennsylvania. So much for ballot integrity. I don't like the place I'm in, headspace within the hardwood and the sea. And why do I? I want nothing but to rest my soul. And I don't get this, and I know why. You see, sometimes things are just beyond control. But I don't mind. But I'm not surprised to find you. Surprised to find you do. I know you do. Now, you know how the Republicans are always complaining oh my god, voter fraud! Voter fraud! These Democrats in the A court with a voter fraud and registering people illegally. Oh, can you believe it? Mickey Mouse and Tony Romo were registered in Nevada. <laughs> and guess who turns out to get caught for voter fraud? 
of course, the Republicans. It's an outfit called uh, Strategic Allied Consulting. That's their new name. That's their new name because they've done this many times before, and they keep changing their names, and the Republicans keep hiring them. They keep they change their names, and they take the guy who owns it who's been under investigation many times for voter fraud, they take his name off of Strategic Alliance Committee right. or whatever the hell it's called. <laughs> his, his name is Spruill and it used to be Spruill's company, Spruill Consulting, etc. But he's not even listed among the executive officers of the new company when he is in fact the executive officer. <laughs> exactly. So let's show you what they did. First of all, the RNC has given uh, this company $3.1 million in this election, 2012. All in, uh, all in swing states. Yep. Big turnout in the, for, for voter registration drives in swing states and then a couple uh, get out the vote election day moves. Also, but all, you know, from Wisconsin, Colorado, Virginia, the states you would expect to be hearing about. Absolutely. Romney campaign has given him $889, uh, so that's part of it. Obviously, the RNC given much, much more. Romney campaign says, ah, who sprueled? Romney gave him $889? Yeah. yeah. By the way, that's like a bill that Newt Gingrich would get and not pay. <laughs> well, among many bills right. that New Gingrich doesn't pay. But, yeah, they say, look, we rented some office from them, etc. So the connection to the RNC, obviously, is much stronger. Uh, but it's not like Republicans aren't familiar with this firm. Golly gee, we made a mistake. In 2004, as you saw there, Bush Cheney paid these same guys $7.4 million. And this is what they do. So what are they charged with in Florida? Well, as Ben explained, they're in all the swing states now, working for the RNC, working for the Republicans. But they got caught initially in Florida. So uh, here's what they were doing in all, of all places, Palm Beach County, and then it turns out, of course, in many other counties of Florida as well. Destroying Democratic voter registration forms, that's actually the most important. The names uh, for absent from the voter registration rolls, partisan voter registration efforts, systematically lying about the proposed bills. And then in an earlier effort, they had done an effort to place Ralph Nader on the ballot in Arizona so that he would take away voters from Democrats in 2004 so that Bush could win easier. So these guys got every dirty trick in the book. They're like, they're uh, putting in more Republican registrations. They're taking the Democratic registrations, ripping them up, etc. Now, look, the thing about registering more Republicans, it's got some issues. You shouldn't do it, obviously, like in terms of uh, in fact, we found tape on it earlier in the week. We didn't know that it was all connected. There was a girl outside of Colorado Springs grocery store who got busted doing this, registering only Republicans and not Democrats. In fact, let's show you that video again because it's interesting how stone cold busted she is. Video six. Oh, wait, I thought you were registering voters a minute ago. I am. Okay. And who are you registering? All voters? Well, I'm actually trying to register people for a particular party uh -huh. because. We're, we're out here in support of Romney, actually. And, who, and who's paying you for this? Oh, um, the, let me see. We're working for the county clerk's office. Okay, and you so cannot come out here and one. register one party, lady. If you, are you working for the county clerk's office? I got it all on oh. tape. You're working for the county clerk's office? I believe so, yes. And you're only registering Republicans? Nope. You said we're only registering Romney people. Well, we're trying to, to be honest. And you're working for the county's office? Well, of course, it turns out she was not working for the county's office. She was working for Nathan Sproul. Now, the three different names that they've had for One this company. One slight objection. Uh -huh. uh, she's nine. Yeah. She doesn't know what she's doing. They <laughs> yeah. just hire these folks, you know, to go and register people. She obviously has no idea what she's allowed to do and not allowed to do. So his company used to be called Sproul & Associates. 
but it got so tainted because of all the illegal actions that they were taking that they changed the name to Lincoln Strategies. And then that got so tainted, they changed the name again to this strategic group that uh, now got busted. Now, that video was in Colorado. They originally get busted in Florida. And it's interesting, when earlier when they had been busted on this stuff, two things happened. One, they had hearings. And even Republican Chris Cannon from Utah said, quote, the difference between ACORN and Sproul is that ACORN doesn't throw away or change registration documents after they have been filed out, filled out. See, that's really important, because the most important thing they do is not just registering Republicans. It's taking the Democratic registrations, in some instances, as was shown in the past, definitely in 2004, and they ripped them up. And what they're doing in Florida now in 2012 is, they say, oh, d Democrats, oh yeah, 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 no, they changed addresses. So that when they go to vote, in the 2004 case, they'd be like, well, you're not registered, so you can't vote, or at best, a provisional ballot. In this case, they say, well, you don't live in this county anymore. You change your address. And they go, what? You can't vote, at best, a provisional ballot. So that, that is actually voter fraud that prevents people from voting. That's the number one problem. Sean Spicer, spokesman for the RNC, they, of course, fired this group now in light of this investigation, saying that we've severed our relationship, we acted swiftly and boldly, we have no tolerance for this. But what I liked uh, 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 best was that, um, uh, was that she points out that if you don't do it right, talking about how doing, creating fraudulent voter registration forms wouldn't help the party, she says if you don't do it right, it doesn't assist us in any way. Right, so there it is, Sean. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> because he's like, look, dude. You're not even doing the voter fraud the right way, <laughs> okay? Now, of course, that same Sean Spicer has been alluded to. We have tape on him. This is what he says after they get busted. It's wholly different. We, at this point, have an allegation. That mere allegation has caused us to act, act swiftly and boldly and sever our ties with this firm because we have a zero tolerance when it comes to this. Uh, the other side clearly engaged for a long time in, in inappropriate behavior. We don't believe that that's appropriate, and we wanted to make a swift and bold action to, to uh, illustrate that. You kind of reminded me of Mueldy Moore. Six, what are you talking about? Is that what? Man, that's crazy. That's crazy, dog. Okay, in this case, voter fraud. What are you doing? Sproul and Associate Nathan Sproul. Now he says, "Oh, we severed ties right away once you caught us." But it's not like the RNC didn't know who this guy is. They've hired him over and over and over again. Point number two as to what happened in the past. So, by the way, he says that they had him change the name. That their the RNC tried to conceal his identity. Like the yeah, guy yeah, says I got that. A quote yeah. on it. Sproul said, Sproul said, this is the guy who's doing the voter fraud, said he created strategic allied consulting at the RNC's request because the party wanted to avoid being publicly linked to the past allegations. So Spicer and the party definitely knew. In fact, they told the guy, hey, we want to keep having you do the fraud, just change the name. A Spicer uh, said, I don't know about that. I don't know, we don't know anything about that. Yeah, Look, this is Republican 101. Whatever they accuse the Democrats of doing is exactly what they're doing. It is projection, so they know they're doing voter fraud. They've been doing voter fraud for a long time. They know how to do voter fraud. In fact, they get a little annoyed if you don't do it right. Yeah, voter fraud <laughs> is voter disenfranchisement. That's what they do. That's the danger. That's the only voter fraud story in this country. We've had, what, how many studies now about uh, instances of the Countless. kind of voter fraud that Republicans talk about, of dead people voting and showing, what is it? What's the number? It's like, like 171 of the last 600 billion votes cast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so no, it's, it's funny, but it's true. There's more shark attacks in Florida of an actual voter fraud at the polls that they can point to. Let, 
period, let alone on the Democratic side. So the kind what the Republicans are talking about, where somebody goes to vote as a dead person or goes to vote multiple times, etc., almost never happens. But this is voter fraud that happens apparently all the time. In this story, there's a quote, this is an LA Times story, and there's a quote here from a guy named Daniel A. Smith. He's a professor of election law at the University of Florida. And what he says here is correct, so let me be clear, I'm not getting on Professor Daniel A. Smith, but it's about the sense of outrage that this causes. He says, if they're changing addresses out of county, it is potentially disenfranchisement. And he's correct. There's nothing wrong with what he says. It's totally true. It is potentially disenfranchisement. They might not be disenfranchised because they could vote on a provisional ballot that will almost certainly get upheld then when you come back. But the bottom line is, is that they know that it will get some people disenfranchised when you move them out of county. And so reasonable people like us and like Professor Daniel Smith like treat this in a manner of, in a matter of, they treat it in a respectful manner. Like, well, it's potential disenfranchisement. It's taken away the right of an American to vote. It's not a potential disenfranchisement. He's right. I'm letting him off the hook. But they do these crazy, awful, hideous 1964 keep black people from voting things. And we're like, well, that's a potential act of disenfranchisement. And it's very, it'll be, de uh, uh, we'll uh, deal with it uh, in a very serious manner. Well, so that leads to two really important points here. One is, remember what happened in 2000. The provisional balance theoretically count later, unless the Supreme Court says stop counting. Remember, Al Gore didn't just win the popular vote in 2000. If they had recounted Florida, all of Florida, anyway, over Chads, under Chads, you count this, you don't count that. In every single instance, Al Gore won Florida, won the electoral vote. But what did they do? Oh, yeah, yeah, Bush has the lead, kind of, maybe. He's got a 534 vote lead. That's it. We're calling it. We're calling it. So those provisions, they know they did this trick in 2000. It worked in 2000. That's why they're doing it again. So, and by the way, what happened with Sproul? Did he ever serve jail time or anything for all these things that he got caught on? That Chris Cannon, a Republican, said, man, this is 10 times worse than what we're alleging Acorn did, right? No. Turns out that after Bush got into office, he said about Sproul, ah, that turns out we decided that we're going to drop that case. Really shocking. I didn't see that coming. The mission of this show is to aggregate and amplify the best voices of the truly liberal media, and now you can play a critical role in helping fulfill that mission. I pick out the best clips I hear to share with you, and now you can do just the same thing extremely easily. Now available at bestoftheleft.com, each clip I play is made available individually with simple buttons that allow you to share your favorites on your networks through Facebook, Twitter, by email, and beyond. By myself, I can amplify this content to thousands of people, but collectively, we have the potential to reach millions. No kidding. Become your own media activist by taking one minute to share your favorite content a couple of days each week, help more people plug into the truly liberal media, and be an integral part of this extremely virtuous cycle. Thanks so much for your help. Tuesday of this week, on debate eve, something happened that could have a major impact on the upcoming election. On Tuesday, a Pennsylvania judge ruled that voters don't need a photo ID to vote in this year's election. So change in voter rules that was potentially going to disenfranchise up to one in eight voters in that big swing state, those new rules are put on hold. 
But whether or not people who do not have a driver's license in Pennsylvania are disenfranchised and don't participate in this election may depend not just on whether that law technically has gone into effect or if it has been blocked, which it has. It will depend in part on whether or not people think that law has gone into effect. Whether people in Pennsylvania believe that if they don't have a driver's license or another suitable ID, they shouldn't bother showing up to vote. That ought to be a consequence of whatever the law is in Pennsylvania, but in the real world, it's a consequence of what people believe the law is in Pennsylvania. Before the ruling this week, when the law stated that you did need an ID to vote, here's what the consumer-friendly voting in Pennsylvania website, votespa.com, told voters. This is the big splash page at the go here if you have questions about the election, user-friendly, widely advertised website that the state of Pennsylvania is telling everybody to go to. This is how that website greets voters as of earlier this week, before the judge's ruling. With that small print, you see voters are required to show an acceptable photo ID before casting their ballot. After the judge's ruling, after it became legally clear that you do not actually have to have an ID to vote in Pennsylvania, it is actually okay for you to go vote if you don't have a driver's license, you're welcome at the polling place. Here's how they changed the website. You ready? Look at that difference. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, there is actually a little change in the small print. They have changed the fine print there. But the overall impression is pretty much the same. If you don't have a driver's license, the implicit message here is don't show up. Pennsylvania is a hotly contested swing state, but this is going on in other states. States where they were not able to change the law to keep people without ID from being able to vote, but where there is still an effort to try to block people without ID from voting anyway by just making those people think they won't be allowed to vote, so don't bother showing up. In Idaho, here's what that looks like. In Idaho, you are not required to show ID in order to vote. If you don't have an ID, you can show up and you can vote. But here is what the state is distributing as their helpful and handy informational booklet to voters. Bring your ID and vote. Ta-da! You hear about rogue, vigilante, under-the-radar shady things like this every election year, right? And it seems like there's more of them than usual going on this year. These external groups trying to convince people not to show up or to be intimidated if they do show up. But it's another thing entirely for it to be your state, right? Your state using your tax dollars to misinform you about what your voting rights are in your state. So let's say you found yourself, <laughs> I don't know, perplexed by the very subtle change on the Votes PA Pennsylvania Voter Information website. Let's say you, for some reason, found this change slightly confusing. So you decided to inform yourself. Call the state elections office directly. Get it straight once and for all. You go to the Pennsylvania State website, votespa.com, and you call the toll-free number that they list there, 1-877-VOTES-PA. This is what you get. Thank you for calling the Pennsylvania Department of State Bureau of Commissions, Elections, and Legislation. Press 1 for English. Press 1 for information on Pennsylvania's new voter ID law. Press 2 for the division. Hello. All Pennsylvania voters will be required to show a photo ID before voting at a polling place beginning with the November 2012 general election. All photo IDs must be current and contain an expiration date unless otherwise noted. Acceptable photo IDs... Today. That's today when you call the official number. That's not the law at all in Pennsylvania. You don't have to have a driver's license or any other ID in order to vote in Pennsylvania. You do not. But when you call the state's official number to figure out how to vote, that is the outgoing message telling you you need to have ID. As of today. Ugh.
So naturally, when we got that recording, one of our producers called back today and asked why. Why the confusing website? Why the totally wrong outgoing message from the state? We're trying to reach out and figure out all of our marketing campaigns, all of the ads out there, whether it's, it's bus advertisements, whether it's TV ad, and just check and make sure everything is, in a sense, compliant mm -hmm. with the judge's ruling and to make sure that nothing's out there that's sending mixed messages to the voters. Okay. So we encourage anyone who's confused or has a question to go on that Votes PA website or to call up that number on the Votes PA um, information just to let us know when to find out more about um, everything that's going on. Okay. But your outgoing message is actually, mm -hmm. like, sending the, uh, not just a mixed message, but this, like a factually incorrect <laughs> message yeah. to the voters right right now. Can you change that message, do you think? Yeah. I mean, okay. for something like that, it's it's important that we have individuals let us know, or mm -hmm. like I said, they call us and contact us like you're doing right now. Like you're doing right now. After we called, um, they did remove that outgoing message altogether. No rush. It's not like we're in election season or anything. People are making their decisions about voting. Don't rush, you guys. A judge has ruled that Pennsylvania voters will not have to show photo identification to cast ballots on Election Day, which is a move that could hurt Mitt Romney if you believe what Republicans are saying about it. Remember, Lewis, here's that incredible 13 seconds of video. Pennsylvania House Republican leader Mike Terzai on voter ID. Here it is. How could we possibly forget about this, Lewis? It's shocking. It's outrageous. Voter ID, which is going to allow Governor Romney to win the state of Pennsylvania. Done. Not done. Not done. That's the part where, where he's wrong about that. A judge has said, this is, this is not going to happen. He said, I'm still not convinced that there will be no voter disenfranchisement if the law took place immediately. And the judge is not really saying that it's wrong to impose voter ID. He's really just saying, if we impose it now, it's a little bit too short of a time uh, uh, span until people would have to have these IDs, and it's not really reasonable to think that in a month you can expect everybody to get the appropriate ID. So that's okay. I don't agree with, with the, the reasoning exactly. In other words, even if you had six months or eight months, I still wouldn't agree with this, but at least the decision is the correct one here. Yes, so it is very likely that uh, by the midterms this could be in effect. It's possible. Yeah. Now, people have to remember, there are going to be right-wing operatives out in Pennsylvania and in many other states trying to intimidate people about the voter ID. So it's, it's widely known now, I've been reading and talking to a number of different people on the ground, that even though you are not going to actually be required to show a photo ID, there will be people walking the lines, the voting lines, outside the voting areas on election day saying, make sure you have that ID, make sure you have that ID, because people may not know about this law, and they may simply get scared off. It's widely known that these tactics do get people scared off. They don't want to go up there and be told you can't vote. 
Right. That's the scariest thing. People may not know. In other words, you could just have people hanging around, walking around, saying, got to show your ID, have your IDs ready, need your ID to vote, photo ID. People will get scared, they'll leave the line. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully there's enough people on both sides there to make sure that that doesn't happen. In 2008, nearly 30% of voters in the great state of Ohio cast their ballots before Election Day. A third of the electorate in that crucially important swing state voted early in the 08 election. And of the people who voted early in Ohio in 2008, they favored Barack Obama over John McCain by nearly 60-40. So early voting was a great boon to the Democratic side the last time Barack Obama ran for president. If you're a Republican, you can see the problem here. When the Republican Party subsequently took over control of state government in Ohio, they moved to shut down as much early voting as they could. Ohio Republicans first tried to cut early voting in half. Democrats were able to block them on that. So then they came up with a plan where only Republican-leaning counties would have weekend and weeknight early voting, but Democratic-leaning counties would not have those hours. That was subtle. They didn't get away with that either. Finally, they tried to settle on all the counties in the state having the same early voting hours, but early voting would stop throughout the state days sooner than it usually did. The last three days before the election, including the all-important last Sunday before the election, when African-American churches in particular typically organize their souls-to-the-polls carpool trips to bring people to early vote, Ohio's Republican governor and legislature and secretary of state tried to settle on a plan where, yeah, there would be some early voting, and okay, fine, it'll be basically uniform throughout the state, but they wanted to cut off those last three days. They wanted to cut off early voting before those crucial last three days before the election when something like 100,000 Ohio votes were cast the last time around. They tried to lop off those last three days. Well, today, the Sixth Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals blocked Ohio Republicans from doing that. The court today reinstated early voting on the final three days before the election. Ohio's Republican Secretary of State John, uh, uh, excuse me, Ohio's Republican Secretary of State John Husted responded by saying that he was reviewing the court's decision and, quote, no action will be taken today or this weekend. Yeah, no rush. It's not like there's a big election already underway or anything. It's not like anything hinges on Ohio. Take your time.
Seeder wants to give away the people's money at 0%. Just whose side are you on? You're a debt junkie pusher, hell-bent on pushing your drug on anyone and everyone in the process, impoverishing the elderly and savers. Shame on you. Well, uh, tell me how savers are. Oh, because of the inflation. Oh, because of the inflation that hasn't existed. But the inflation you've been telling me is coming for two years. Well, in the meantime, it would be a great time uh, to spur economic uh, activity. I'm not saying we should give it to the banks. I think we should uh, borrow the money and then just give it out to people. What do you think about that? I think we should borrow the money and in addition to uh, taxing the wealthy and raising the tax on capital gains, send out a check to, let's say, $1,000 uh, to every American. How's that sound? Well, I haven't run the numbers on that. That'd be quite a bit of money, wouldn't it? Three trillion? Is that what it'd be? I don't know. Maybe if you're under 18, you don't get a check. Maybe every household. You're not saying that you should give it to the banks, ha, ha, ha. By voting for Obama, that's exactly what you're doing. I got news for you. I could vote for Romney, and that's also what I would do. And you know what? By not voting, that's also exactly what you're doing. It's going to be done. There is no part of voting, not voting, voting for Romney, voting for Obama, that is going to change that equation. Now, I guess there's an argument that if you vote for the right Congress people, maybe that could change. Then it's on Romney, not on you. That's the difference. See, that's exactly it. You think that you are somehow purifying yourself morally by saying it's on Romney, it's not on me. Well, you know what? That's meaningless. No one in the world cares whether or not Bush and Chains is free of the moral implications of giving money to the banks. But you know what else is on you at that point? If Romney does go into Iran, if Romney and Ryan do cut Medicare and Social Security, that's on you. That's on you. If they destroy Medicare, that's on you. You get to go around saying, look at me. Look at how pure I am. I'm not responsible for giving money to the banks. Nothing's changed, but I, I float above you people with the moral righteousness. But I got news for you. When Ryan and Romney destroy Medicare, that's on you. That's on you. Well, you just laughed it off, it was all okay.
Hey, this is Lee Camp. I hope you've enjoyed having my Moment of Clarity rants pumped into your skulls. If you have, you would almost definitely love my free Moment of Clarity backstage podcast where I discuss the topics of the day. You know, the little things like the corporate raping and pillaging of our world. I also have on fun, awesome guests like this lady. My name is Janine Garofalo. This guy. Hi, I'm John Oliver. Even sometimes this guy. This is Greg Palace, and I've got my zipper caught in Moments of Clarity. Free at LeeCamp.net, iTunes, Stitcher, or the Android app. Plus, there's a Moment of Clarity book for those of you who thought, I love Moment of Clarity, but I hate how I can't lick it. Well, now you can. The Moment of Clarity book and ebook, get it at LeeCamp.net or on most e-reader platforms. And remember, keep fighting and stay angry. This coming November, vote for Mitt Romney. Vote for Obama, Biden. Vote for Jill Stein and Rocky Anderson. Vote for Ron Paul, Roseanne and Cindy Sheehan. Vote for Optimus Prime or for free jobs in order to decrease joblessness. Vote for medicinal marijuana, recreational saunas, or transvaginal iguanas. I don't give a flying who you vote for. Just vote for something. You know what's more dangerous than Romney and Ryan's economic plan or Obama's drone attacks? More dangerous than the Koch brothers? More dangerous than being marooned on a desert island with Chris Christie after you've accidentally fell into a vat of barbecue sauce? Apathy. Apathy is more dangerous. Apathy is eating this country limb from limb. They tell us about Nero watching as his country burned. Well, what about a whole nation of Nero's watching as their leaders burned down the country in a blaze more fiery than the STDs following a knighted Kesha's house? But Lee, voting doesn't matter because you said yourself the voting machines are f***ing the right wing is doing more purging than an Iranian sex worker with a lisp. Well, that's all true. So the only way for people's voice to be heard is to vote in such numbers that it swamps all the efforts to subvert it. If even 70% of eligible Americans went to the polls, the 5 to 10 points that are stolen wouldn't matter. When a visiting basketball team is up against home team refs, they have to kick ass so hard that it doesn't even look like ass anymore. That way, they win no matter what. And this is where comes into the equation. And I mean that literally. I think all the women in this country need to withhold sex from any man who doesn't vote this coming November. Lisa Strata showed us how to do it a few thousand years ago. Ladies, whether it's your husband, your boyfriend, your, your buddy, your, your client, roommate, your cousin, whoever it is, you're banging, shagging, nailing, riding, or horizontal pogo sticking with, tell them they get none for three months if they don't vote. But Lee, this plan implies that women don't have a need for the old wink, wink, nudge, nudge, know what I mean, know what I mean, when in fact they very much do. And again, you're right. But let's be honest with ourselves and admit women are traditionally the sexual governor in this world. They keep it at a reasonable level and keep the floodgates closed. It may not always hold true, but it does a lot of the time. And if your man decides not to vote, you can fill your needs with a guy who did. But Lee, you're assuming everyone is a heterosexual. Well, I figure lesbians, you can both threaten to punish each other, and for gay guys, I don't have the logistics worked out yet, so I guess you'll just have to make your own rules. So what do you say, ladies? You tired of white men acting like they have authority over your vagina? Well, now is the chance for your 
to reclaim its God-given power, for it to stand up, stand tall, and say, listen, men, apathy is not sexy. Get off your asses and spend a half hour acting like you give a f I'm, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't want the vaginas to literally say that, because that'd be kind of creepy. But someone's got to save this world. We men have had our chance. We smashed it with a hammer, and the best plan we've had so far to fix it is to swing harder. So if you're down for this, women, take off all your dude's clothes tonight, then take a magic marker, and right across his body, for a good time, go to registertovote.org. Then leave the room. Oh, and, uh, and for those of you women who are diddling your cousin, you might want to rethink that. What do you think that? Yeah, this is uh, Rob in South Carolina, and I just got done listening to the War on Drugs episode from back in September and just wanted to add uh, a nice reading resource to kind of go along with a lot that was said. Um, and it's Michelle Alexander's book, um, The New Jim Crow. And it basically has an amazing detailed account of... Um, how basically after desegregation a new catchphrase was looked to um, basically continue discrimination under a different name against the african-american population and tough on crime quote the war on crime and the war on drugs and the subsequent funding and and basic militarization of police forces was the result and a big swing of um, voters, or that, that mythical swing vote she attributes to being, um, or swing voters she attributes to being the, the people who felt disenfranchised from the Democrats by the actual Voting Rights Act. So there's, there's a lot, long history uh, to uh, the, the actual drug war itself. We shouldn't just take it at face value as something that began in the 80s and really look to the reasons why it uh, began. That again is Michelle Alexander's New Jim Crow and it dis the, the, the disenfranchisement and imprisonment of one in three African American men perpetuates a lot of the myths that the right tends to put out there uh, in regard to African American culture. We, you know, don't allow a person prosecuted for drugs to be in public housing, thus breaking up families. And so perpetuating the single mother, uh, and, and it continues onward. The people, you know, folks can't vote. Folks are limited to their jobs. Very much the same kind of repercussions as what occurred in Jim Crow. Uh, and uh, I'll leave it there. Thanks so much for what you do. Love listening to the show. Hi, Jay. This is Heather from Evansville, Indiana. Uh, great job with the show. I really enjoy listening to it. I like your perspective and, and all the work that you guys do. Um, I had one comment about a clip that was played um, last week on the climate change uh, episode. Uh, the very last one, there's a video from Wondering Mind about this argument that regardless of what people think of the evidence, 
that there's an incentive to sort of take the liberal path on what to do about climate change based on the possible outcomes, you know, and you have this sort of two columns. Anyway, um, I, I don't feel like that's a, a very new argument. It seems like a, a reformulation of Pascal's wager. And I don't think that that's a very good argument or one that, that we should really be espousing because, well, there's there's two problems. You know, with the Pascal's wager, which is the same version for religion, saying basically that the threat of hell outweighs the threat of having lived a pious life if there is no God. The two things that really bother me about this argument is, first of all, the person who wins the argument is just the one who invents the best worst-case scenario. Whoever has the more fearsome outcome for not following their prescribed path, then by the logic of this argument, has the path that you should take. And so it actually encourages people to, when you apply this to, to different situations in life, it encourages people to exaggerate the, the consequences that they foresee. But I think maybe the more important idea is that it sort of undermines the value of knowing the facts. You know, with Pascal's wager, we're talking about the existence of God and, and the nature of God, and those are things where, you know, we're never going to have the facts. There, there may or may not be facts to be had about that. And so it's more reasonable to make an argument based on just pure logic, you know, regardless of what the actual truth value is. But when it comes to something that's based in science, the facts really, really matter. I mean, both of those so-called bad outcomes are really undesirable, and I think we should be much more invested in promoting, you know, knowledge and, and understanding of the facts as we see them and, and supporting good research to uncover those facts than trying to use sort of tricks of logic to convince people, well, you can have your facts that are wrong, but go ahead and listen to this other argument that just makes it seem like just because this outcome that I've imagined for you is worse than the outcome that you've imagined, that that's the reason that you should do what I'm asking you to do as far as climate change. I believe absolutely that, that climate change is a problem and we need to do everything we can to try to combat it. But I don't think that the way to do that is to try to convince people that in fact, I think it actually goes against our stated goals to try and convince people that these horrible outcomes for climate change are the reason that they should support action on that point. Because then, in two or three years go by and they don't see that, you know, Florida has been wiped off the map, they don't trust the people who are making those kinds of extreme claims. Even if the claims are actually realistic but they're long-term, you know, we won't lose Florida next year, we may lose it, I don't know, 100 years, whatever. People aren't that patient, and they start to think that, you know, you're just making this stuff up, so they revert back to whichever, you know, belief they were more inclined to in the beginning. So, anyway, that's all I have to say, and thanks very much for the show. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks to all those who called into the voicemail line. If you would like to leave a comment, question, or an activist call to action yourself to be played on the show, the number to dial is 206-202-3410. So first, just really quick, I want to remind everyone that I'm running for a couple of different podcast awards. First of all, podcastawards.com. Head over there and nominate the show in both the news and politics category, of, of course, and also the best produced category. That's the one at the top. It's a big umbrella category. Very prestigious to win something like that. Um, so head over there. 
nominations are going to be open for just a little while longer and you only have to do it once so you get get it in and you're all set uh, the other one is the stitcher awards which are happening for just a few more days and you can actually nominate the show every day uh, in the news and politics category there until the nominations close so uh, so once once every day there links to both of these are in the show notes uh, you know on your device you're looking at or on the website bestofleft.com and uh all you know of course all of this is just to help more people find the show get interested in it get brainwashed into liberal politics the whole the whole bit all those things that we're in favor of so now today you know i'm going to disagree only slightly with with the caller uh, discussing climate change. I mean, I would love to agree with everything she said. Of course, I believe climate change is a problem. Of course, I believe that facts are important. You know, I, I believe all of those things. But I disagree that a person being convinced of the facts of climate change is an absolute prerequisite to them coming to the right conclusion about policies regarding climate change. And in the end, I think that actual policies trump people's opinions uh you know what we actually do is is more important than what we think and so the, you know the problem with facts about climate change as, as she was discussing is that they have been forcibly converted into opinions by a very well-funded propaganda campaign and there's nothing we can do about that that's, that's sort of a, a well-accepted fact it's just like the tobacco companies all they had to do was insert just a little bit of doubt as to whether tobacco caused uh, cancer and other illnesses and and then people very rational people who have the human instinct to rationalize bad things to convince themselves that they don't have to worry about it. it you know, it, it's absolute human nature for them to do that. And climate change, like getting cancer from tobacco, is a pretty traumatizing truth to come to terms with. And so it's extremely rational for a person to want to rationalize that fear away so they don't have to deal with something so traumatizing. You know, so anyone who is, uh, you know, sort of leaning towards not wanting to believe in climate change decides that, well, the facts from the scientists are just opinions, and so I'll I'll disregard them. And as long as we're dealing with opinions, I'll bring up my favorite sort of parallel issue, and uh, and has to do with the death penalty. I've told this story once before uh, on the show when it happened, and, you know, I think that the death penalty is wrong for a whole series of reasons. But I ended up in a conversation with a guy who thought that the death penalty was uh, was the right way to go for basically all of those same reasons that I disagreed with. And but in particular, you know, what my biggest reason is that I think that innocent people are put to death inevitably by the death penalty. And he th- agreed that that was true, but not in his state. He said, you know, I live in Kansas and I think that the, the way we uh, you know, excuse the term, execute the death penalty is flawless, and I'm convinced that no innocent person has or will ever be put to death uh, in in Kansas, and that's where I live, and that's where I have, you know, that's where my opinion is. However, this person did believe that people in other states had been put to death, even though they were innocent, and so all I had to do was say, oh well, so then you would probably agree to a national ban on the death penalty because you know maybe your state is okay but if you know if you think that other innocent people are being put to death in other states and you could agree to a national ban then you in Kansas would be protecting innocent people in the states uh, Texas and Georgia were the two that he brought up as as ones that he thought were out of control and he changed his mind uh, not on not on his views of the death penalty the the morality of it the you know the logistics of it just the policy of it 
And he, he said, okay, you know, you got me. Like, yeah, I, I, if it came down to it, I would support a national ban so that, you know, I would give it up in, in Kansas, even though I think it's the right thing to do in Kansas to protect innocent people in those other states where they don't uh, do it correctly. And so to me, I think that, you know, climate change can be thought of similarly. You, you don't have to agree with the, the science of climate change to agree that clean energy is better than dirty energy. Um, you know, when there are multiple answers to a single question, then a person doesn't necessarily need to agree with every answer. They can just agree with one um, in order to come to, to the, you know, what you might, will think of as the right conclusion. So, you know, does someone in Appalachia dealing with, you know, the, the, the choice between mountaintop removal coal mining versus uh, mountaintop windmills need to agree that carbon emissions from coal could lead to Florida becoming a series of islands? Or does he just need to agree that mountaintop uh, windmills would be better for the health of his family who live in the area than mountaintop removal coal mining and then the coal plant uh, that produces coal sludge and coal ash that covers their house so their kids can't play out in the yard because they get covered in soot and they all get cancer and die in their 30s? You know, like they don't need to believe about Florida becoming a series of islands to believe that clean energy is the way to go. And so, I mean, my, my argument actually goes so far as to say it genuinely doesn't matter if climate change is happening or not, because all of the policies that you would put in place to combat climate change have so many other benefits. The multiplier effect of all of those actions are so powerful that you don't have to believe in climate change to believe in all of the multiplier benefits surrounding clean energy, investing, you know, new jobs, all of those sorts of things. I can go on and on and on. So those are my thoughts on that. If anyone has uh, anything else on the topic or any other topic, feel free uh, to call those in 206-202-3410. And that is going to be it for today. Thanks to everyone for listening, especially those who support the show uh, financially by becoming a member or making one-time donations. That is absolutely how the show survives. Of course, everyone can support the show just by telling everyone you know about it and by spreading the word of individual clips you particularly like through your social networks. That can also be done through the website. Stay tuned into the show between episodes by joining up with us on Facebook and Twitter. And for details on the show itself, including links to all the sources and music used in this and every episode, all that information is always posted in the show notes on the blog. So coming to you from inside the Beltway, yet outside the conventional wisdom of Washington, D.C., my name is Jay, and this has been the Best of the Left podcast coming to you every third day. Thanks entirely to the members and donors to the show from bestoftheleft.com. Black and Oh, oh, oh.